Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports, local leader. sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. All right, away we go with the top stories of the day. This is where you go for your one-stop shopping. We get you caught up on everything going on in sports. We start with the Phoenix Suns. Big, fun, energetic, live wire kind of game last night as the Suns beat the Kings 120-109. to Chris Paul, 19 assists. Devin Booker, 32 points. He didn't attempt one three-pointer. One. DeAndre Ayton, 29 and 11. He shot yeah. 75% from the floor again last night. And yet the story in the eyes of all Suns fans fell on Kevin Durant. The all-timer, new member of the Suns, made his first appearance. Didn't play, of course. He was sitting on the bench. But guys, man. His presence was felt. Dudes were just in awe. Here's DeAndre Ayton. I'm really speechless, to be honest. We got KD. Yeah, yeah, DA, that is something. Here's Book. I was watching him more than anything. You know, I don't think people realize what it is until until you're in it. Two standing ovations. Um, and it's not going to be the last one. So he deserves that. He's a legend in this game. First ballot Hall of Famer. Everything all the way down the list. MVP. And, you know, I'm glad he's here. You know, hopefully he can call this home one day and, you know, rock out here the rest of the time. Yeah, his presence was felt in that building. From the players, from the fans. They went out there. And you could tell that a little extra juice last night in uh, playing the Sacramento Kings with KD in the house. No doubt about it. James Jones just joined us a moment ago. We asked him about the timeline for KD's debut in a Suns jersey. That's TV day. Um, if, once we know, we'll let you know. Um, I, I think the All-Star break will be huge for him. Um, this has been an opportunity for him to really get back in the gym uh, consistently and ramp up. Uh, so we'll see when we come out of All-Star uh, if he's ready for Friday. Um, if not, you know, I know it'll be sometimes shortly thereafter. One more game before the All-Star break tomorrow against the Clippers. He's already been ruled out for that. The next game after that is a week from this Friday against Oklahoma City. That could yeah, be the no, day. Coming off a knee injury, they're not going to rush this thing. And they know they're going to have 20-something games, 20 games to get him you know, ramped up and ready to play for the playoffs and just get acclimated to the guys he's playing with. Yeah, and speaking of James Jones, Terrence Ross, that became official today. They officially signed him after the buyout with the Orlando Magic. This is James talking about the fit of Terrence Ross on the Suns roster. On the profile, the type of player, you know, that, that we need. You know, athletic, scorer, uh, can play with the starters, come off the bench. Um, you know, I, I love offense. I'll, I'll never turn down a guy who is inclined or has a, a preference for playing offense. And I just think where he is in his career, you know, he's a guy that's played on, on really good teams. He's played in some rebuilding situations. He's basically accepted whatever role the team needed from, from him. Um, and, and, and he's demonstrated his desire to, to win. He wants to compete for a title, and, and we thought it would be a good fit for him, and he thought the same. Yeah, I mean, a solid player. We always knew that they would look at that buyout market to try to add to their roster. The big question now is, are they done with the buyout market? Or did they sign Ish Wainwright after that final game against the Clippers? He's on a two-way contract. They've got to make a decision on him after the Clippers game, whether they want to sign him for the rest of the season or let him go. I don't know about you. I didn't get one inclination from James that they were not going to convert Ish's contract. I, I just No, but you just don't make those decisions early. Because, okay, what if somebody blows out? What if somebody gets injured in the Clipper game and you're like, oh, I need... Because it could change things, right? Yeah. But I need a player in a different position because, you know... So you don't make that decision until you absolutely have to make that decision. And that's what James basically said. And then real funny, quick note, there was a video posted by SNY Nets. 
Cam Johnson had to interrupt Mikkel Bridges' oh, interview no. because apparently at a charity event, Mikkel Bridges autographed a basketball, but he did it with his old number 25 oh. and not his new number one. And Cam Johnson came up and he's like, dude, I don't mean to interrupt, but you put the wrong number on the basketball. And Mikkel's like, I know, I forgot all about it. Oh, I, my God, that's it so was great. really funny. The Valley, the NFL world, continues to react to the Arizona Cardinals hiring Jonathan Gannon as their new head coach. Here's Mark, Mark Schlereth on Bickley and Murata this morning. Commanding a room and being one of those guys that will listen to players, but he's not a pushover. He's not one of those guys that just says, okay, whatever you guys want, like we'll make this work. And that dude is in charge. I like the sound of that. It's true. You know, I've, I've heard people like talk about Eric Bieniemy leaving the Chiefs and maybe going to, was it the Eagle? Why the not com- here? The Commanders. Oh, commanders. commanders. Sorry. Yeah. Why, why not here? Why not here? That's a great why question. Why not Eric Bieniemy here as your offensive coordinator? Like, I'll take that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Okay? Go get Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Like, he's a great, like, I think he's great. I think Eric Bieniemy is great. Andy Reid's even hinted that he's got a, you know, to get a head coaching job, he may have to leave the Chiefs because Andy calls a lot of the plays. So, I go after Eric Bieniemy. Don't let the wash, let Washington get him. I Go bring no him here. problems with that at all. There's pay, been- and then pay him, pay him like... Like the the top like the top offensive coordinators get paid. Like the Dolphins paid Vic Fangio to be their yeah. defensive was it, coordinator. Five million bucks, four and a half, five million dollars a year. Go yeah. pay Eric Bieniemy big time money to be the offensive coordinator. Vikings. There's been no word, by the way, about any Cardinals assistance. Nothing official or even reported. We'd keep you. We keep you caught up on that if we had heard anything. We haven't heard anything yet about that. Vikings defensive coordinator Brian Flores, thought to be a finalist for the Cardinals head coaching job, had his introductory press conference today and said, despite the opportunity. Unity being there to be the Cardinals head coach, a gut feeling led him to Minnesota. There's still some uh, an opportunity with Arizona. Uh, like I said, you get a gut feeling. I think we've all kind of had those that, you know, this was the place for, for me and my family. This was the right opportunity. It's funny, I was in church a couple weeks ago. He said in life you can, there's instances where you can either have control or you can have growth and you can't have both. That hit me pretty pretty good. I just felt like this was a great opportunity for growth. I'm going to think about that one for a while. You can I think that it's true. Growth. I think it's true. I've lost complete control of my household to my wife, but I'm growing. You're growing as a man because I'm growing of it. as a man because I gave up complete control to her. <laughs> there you go. Every man out there is like, I tied me too. I'm growing as a person. I don't have any control anymore, but I'm growing as a person. According to Adam Schefter, Vance Joseph could be a candidate for the Eagles defensive coordinator's job. Wouldn't that be funny if they just swapped? It would be interesting. It's a tough spot because they had seven starters or free agents on that defense. But yeah. look, Vance is, uh, Vance is a quality coach. He should be a defensive coordinator. You know, he, I think eventually he'll be a head coach again, too. The Arizona Diamondbacks made it official today. Lefty reliever Andrew Chafin is back on a one-year deal. Love he that move. spoke to reporters today. The first workout for pitchers and catchers for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Isn't it's all, crazy? It's already I here. Wait. I cannot wait for baseball season. Here's Chafin. Did you miss us? Well, yeah. <laughs> I basically grew up here. So, yeah, it was nice to be able to come back to a familiar place. What was kind of the deciding factor for you? Oh, man. Why you got to start with that question? <laughs> um, it was the best deal in a place that I liked. So, it, it worked out well. And, and here we are. Six and a half million dollars, I think. Is that what it was? I, I think I think I think the contract was 
I think it was six and a half million. I don't recall the dollar amount. Usually I'm good with remembering that. One year, 6.25 million. There you go. Close. Okay. Yeah. Yes. There was some belief he was going to get a lot more than that during this free agency period. He he kind of went unsigned longer than some people thought. Coyotes in action tonight. They're hosting the Lightning tonight, 7 o'clock for the Arizona Sports app, 98.7. Yes, as we await word of a Jacob Chikrin trade. Mm -hmm. It's going to be coming down. He's not going to play any more games for the Coyotes until they trade him. Quick trip around the NFL. Dolphins have officially named Vic Fangio their defensive coordinator. After his two-week hiring by the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley has applied to the NFL to be reinstated. I forgot all about that, dude. He was Was a a year. Yeah, for gambling. He was suspended for a year because of gambling. Now he can be back in the NFL and back with the Jags. Aaron Rodgers, strong words yesterday about certain NFL insiders on the Pat McAfee show. I have no problem with Ian Rappaport, Schefter. I think they're really good at their jobs. When it comes to me, they don't know shit. They don't have people in my inner circle who are sources. I can promise you that. Rappaport had reported that Monday Rodgers was going to start his kind of cone of silence for four days to try to hallucinate himself into figuring out what his future was going to be. Rodgers like, yeah, no, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. I haven't started my cone of silence for four days yet. You don't yeah. know what you're talking about. I, and that's what happens. There are a lot of these guys that, you know, I, I'll talk to GMs around the league. Like, I don't talk to Shams or Woj. I don't know where they get this stuff from because sometimes I chase stories and I'll talk to guys that, that will talk to me but don't talk to them and like they don't talk to me. It's not coming from me so it's not correct. A couple of notes from the NBA. The Cavs have signed forward Danny Green for the remainder of the season. Listen, if, he, if he's healthy he's a good shooter and he's got a championship pedigree. So, but the problem is he hasn't really played this year. So, I will, who knows what he can give you? And six-time NBA champ Michael Jordan donated ten million dollars to Make a Wish today to celebrate his 60th birthday. The takeaway here: Michael Jordan's 60 years old. I know. <laughs> Michael Jordan's know. 60. 60. Do you believe there's a generation of people growing up that they didn't watch LeBron, that didn't watch Michael Jordan play, that think LeBron's better? Sure, I believe it. There's a generation of people that are growing up yeah. and thinking that LeBron is the best player. I hate to break maybe it the best you. player they've ever seen. A lot of them are listening to us right now. I know they think. Do you guys, Eric? Do you think LeBron's better than Michael Jordan? I do. You do? I do. Mitch, do you? No. Oh, okay, anyway, I don't like this argument, decision, though, or this but, debate. But honestly, okay, I'm, I'm just being serious here. I don't blame people who feel that way. Because that's who they saw. Because that's who they saw. That's right. who they grew I mean, like, I didn't see Willie Mays. I, I don't I don't know firsthand how great Willie Mays was in his prime. I wasn't born yet. It, it's Yeah, but when you said Travis Lee was better than Willie Mays, I mean, that was so wrong. You're right. But that was a bad take. It was. For you guys, you guys, Kurt Schilling, though. So, <laughs> it's true. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, that's our 4 o'clock reset. We're going to end it on that one. Is this a new beginning for the Arizona Cardinals, or is it just a new chapter in the old book? That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right. Before we get into the meat of what was written, uh, and I think... 
I think I echo your thoughts on this one, too. Let's first uh, consider the source of who wrote this column today on azcentral.com because he is a colleague and friend of ours and has been for many, many years, Kent Summers of AZ Central and the Arizona Republic, Yes, who is retiring from the business. Uh, he was given an ovation in the press box before the Super Bowl. We've all known Kent. I think if you're a sports fan in this town, you've read Kent, heard Kent. What a career. What a career. What a great career. Yep, absolutely. Did he announce it officially? Like, is it announced? He, he, I mean, I don't think he has said anything about it, but I saw where Fitz said something about it on Twitter, and yeah. then I saw a video in the press box before the Super Bowl in which they announced that this was going to be the last Super Bowl that he was going to cover. How about so, that? Yeah. yeah. Well, hats off and uh, to, a, to a fantastic career covering sports here in Arizona. Uh, he was absolutely one of the best that ever did it. So uh, happy to see him. You know, as we've seen quite a few, Jude LaCava, Bruce Cooper, we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of the old guard uh, retire and, and move on. It's their time now. Their time to really enjoy life and do the things that they want to do. So all the best to Kent. No doubt about it. His The headline of his story today, is this a new era in Cardinals history or just the latest chapter of an old one? And he, with, with Jonathan Gannon being introduced tomorrow at 10 a.m., yes. we'll get to know him a little bit more. But he, he Kent writes, all I know about the new Cardinals coach, Jonathan Gannon, fits in a paragraph. He's 40. He has 15 years of experience, 15 more than Cliff, scouted three years for the Rams. He helped turn the Eagles around. The last impression he left at State Farm Stadium better not be lasting. He gave up 24 points to the Chiefs in the second half of the Eagles' loss in Super Bowl 57. That is the extent of my knowledge for now, so it's impossible to say whether Gannon is the next Nick Sirianni or whether he's the next Nathaniel Hackett. No, and you just, you don't know, and we don't know, and we'll, we'll, you'll get, you'll sort of get an idea through the first year, but it's fair to say two years in, you'll know if you've got something with this head coach or not. Look, the reality is that, and I, I think Ken points this out in his column, I mean, the only guy that actually left without getting fired is Bruce Arians. Yes. You know, it, it's kind of in line with what I've always said about ASU. I cannot wait for ASU to have a coach in football or basketball that leaves to go to Notre Dame, Ohio State, Alabama, to go to a great program because they're just so damn good at what they did. I've always wanted that. It's never happened. Yeah. It's never happened in my time here. Although, I I mean... In all fairness to everybody involved, can't you basically say the same thing about most NFL franchises? That that I mean, most coaches. Yeah, NFL is different than college. Yes, yeah. yeah. It, NFL is you you in the NFL, one of thirty two jobs you want to keep that job. Yeah, you don't go from one NFL head coaching job to to another one because it's bigger and better. Usually, stay where you're at. Very few coaches in the NFL go out on their terms. Most of the time, coaches and now the Cardinals maybe do it with more frequency than other teams in the NFL. But most coaches in the NFL are pretty much shown the door and they don't get to walk out onto their own terms. Didn't, didn't Tom Landry get pushed out the door too? It, it was a long time ago, but I believe Jimmy so. Jimmy Johnson? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the guys I mean, like... Tom Landry out the door. Yeah, the, the, the Bill Cowers of the world. It just doesn't... You know, like Sean... Like if Sean McVay had left to go become a broadcaster, that's what have, would have made that story so unique, so Cowher rare. went out on his terms. Cowher went on his terms. Yeah, some guys, yeah, some some guys, guys do. do. Marv Levy did, and I think most, Chuck Knox. I think some guys do. Most guys don't. Most guys get fired. Anyway, back to the kind of the point of the column in which he... But he uses that as kind of a way to describe, you know, how 
how often the Cardinals are changing coaches and how often, you know, they've they've lost at least 10 games in God, that's a depressing stat. They have lost at least 10 games in 18 of the 35 seasons they've been here. In and that, but that God, is that's depressing. That's a direct reflection of ownership. Yes. And that's why I think that not that it's the toxic job. Look, clearly the Cardinals are in a much better situation with Michael Bidwell than they were with his father. OK, so Michael Bidwell has done a much better job. There's more of a commitment to facilities in the state. He got him a new stadium. And there's been a lot of good that Michael's done. But it's not like Michael's the to- a top five or top 10 owner in the league. He's just not a bottom five owner anymore. You know, he's you know, this team under Michael is they they, they made a Super Bowl. You know, they made an NFC championship game. They've they've done some good things, but they're not where they need to be yet. The commitment from ownership has to continue to get better. It has to be. Now, Michael showed something this year with the ability to fire Cliff with four years left on his deal at about seven and a half million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So to be able to walk away from that and 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 then not just hire Vance and keep the staff together by going the cheap route. Now, yeah. I don't know what they're paying Gannon to be their head coach. I don't know. And I said earlier, I wish they would go out and get Eric Bieniemy and pay him four million dollars, four million dollars a year to be the OC. Um, but I do think that that there is a tie to that. All those years of the struggling, it, it you got to look at ownership and question how committed is ownership to to winning at this level. Yeah, and look, there are. Let's just call it like it is, man. Thirty two NFL franchises. Some of them are just better at it than others, right? Yes. Some of them are just better places to work. Some of them just are more inclined to have better success than others. And, and that's not luck. That's not variance. That's not randomness. That there's a purpose behind that. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals have not been one of those organizations. I mean, that's not exactly breaking news, right? The Cardinals no. have, have not been very successful in the NFL. Are the, Bron- we, are the Broncos successful? The Broncos have been successful. They've had not the, recently, right. but they've had success. They've yes. had the most head coaching firing since 2010. The Broncos. No team. Josh McDaniels, John Fox, Gary Kubiak, Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio, Nathaniel Hackett. Nobody's had more. And the Browns. The Browns are tied. So the Broncos, a model organization, right? Committed to winning great ownership, Super Bowls with uh, John Elway, Peyton Manning. Nobody's had more coaching firings since 2010 than they have. They have six. The Browns have six. The Jags have five. The Bucks have five. The Raiders have five. The Texans have four. The Cardinals have four. So the Cardinals have had four. They fired Ken Wisenhunt, then they fired, then Bruce Arians left, then Steve Wilkes and Cliff Kingsbury. So, you know, you, you'd love to have consistency. You'd love to have a Bill Belichick that's there forever or the Pittsburgh Steelers situation where they've had three coaches in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they've had three coaches, but that's not always the case. And this is, this is a, what have you done for me lately type of job. And if you don't get the job done in, you know, two or three years, they, they usually get rid of you and hire somebody else. The one thing Kent also points out in this article that I, I'm glad he pointed this out because I believe this too, that just because the Cardinals were the last team in this cycle to hire a coach, that to me doesn't mean anything at all. I, I'm, I'm more concerned like you have said about the number of people who turn them down, whether it's Ian Cunningham or D'Amico Ryans or Brian Flores or Dan Quinn or anything like that, because as Kent points out in the story, Bruce Arians, he was the last coach to be hired in that cycle. That worked out pretty well. Uh, Wisenhunt was the last coach to be hired in that cycle. Started great. Obviously, it ended very poorly, but obviously in the, you know, the Super Bowl year and all of that. So it doesn't bother me that the Cardinals were last. In fact, sometimes you could argue in their history they've done best when they hire the guy last. Um, but I I am concerned about the number of people who turn them down because I can see how a guy like Flores or a guy like Quinn can sit there and say, I know a year from now 
I'm going to have better opportunities than this one. I know I am. I'm better off waiting for those than taking this one. If you're not confident that this is a great job. That yeah. You know, and a lot of things are, it's not just a roster. You look at what, what level, what can I, what's my budget on my coaches? Because I want to hire the best coaches. And so, like, I want to be able to pry some of these coaches away from other areas. And I need to offer them money. What's my budget for that stuff? There's four teams that haven't changed coaches in, in that time frame. The Ravens have had the same coach since 2008. The Patriots since 2000. The Steelers since 2007. And Seattle since 2010. No coaching changes for any of them. Yeah. Mm. Incredible. Mm-hmm. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe on your iPhone or your Android, just like any other podcast that you love listening to. Add Burns and Gambo to your library. You'll never miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Who or what is going to be the biggest roadblock for the Suns as they pursue their first championship? We'll get into that next in the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's four thirty already, man. This day is just flying. Again, don't forget tomorrow. Um, crazy, crazy busy day around here. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Jonathan Gannon introductory press conference is at ten a.m. tomorrow. The Kevin Durant introductory press conference is at two p.m. tomorrow. We will have plenty to react to tomorrow on Burns and Gambo. Be a busy day. It's going to be a busy day. Looking forward to it. Uh, but this day's flying by too. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. Let's turn it back over to Eric here. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rubes, what you got? The Suns made the ultimate win now move in adding Kevin Durant. So, does that make them already the best team in the NBA? Mm. I'm going to ask yes or no, and if you say no, who you got is the best team? <laughs> no, the Celtics. Without any of the guys last night, right? No Jalen Brown, no Tatum, no Marcus Smart, no McHale, no Bird, no Parrish. They went to overtime with the Bucs. Mm-hmm. I still think that the Celtics and the Bucs are your top two teams. So you but think the Suns, the Suns are third? I think they're the best in the West. Okay. And I think that I don't have to worry about third. Because there's not two teams that are going to come. You're only going to play one team in the East. Yeah. So, uh, like, like, I think that they're the... So, I would say they're the second best team. Because, again, you don't have... It's not like you got to have to get through Milwaukee and then face Boston. They're going to beat each other up. You, If you get to the finals, you're only going to have to face one of them. So, that would put them at number two. Logistically, I, I do actually agree with what Gambo said. I, I think both Milwaukee and Boston are better, though you only have to face one of them in the NBA Finals. Um, but just as a Forever Suns fan, um, I, I'm, I, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little bit stitious, as Michael Scott once said on The Office. And I'm, I'm not... I'm, not, I'm going to lean into my fandom here and just, I can't just sit here and say the Suns are the best team in the NBA because I just feel like I'm putting some bad juju on them. So I'm not going to do that. The Celtics and the Bucks are both better than the Phoenix Suns, I say proudly. Well, I hate to break it to you, Bernsey, but the bad juju then is being put on by the other Suns fans as 68% of them think the Suns are the best team in the NBA. 25.8% are saying no, and the best team is either the Celtics and the Bucks. The two other options involve the Western Conference teams and others. They 
they barely combined to get 6% of the total votes. Yeah, if you're out West, you got to be looking at the Suns going, yeah, we're host. We're, we're screwed. I told you, I'd feel so terrible if I'm Denver. You know, like, really? <laughs> like, imagine all those teams, you're a Clipper fan, you're a Warriors fan, you're a Nuggets fan, Memphis, and you find out that the Suns got KD. Like, oh, seriously? Like, just blame Kyrie. Like, Dallas got Kyrie. Yeah, great. You ruined it for everybody else. I, I mean, look, I, I don't know if it's going to have the same result. But I feel like it had to feel like the day the Lakers got Pau Gasol. I will never forget that day as long as I live. When the Lakers got Pau. When the Lakers got Pau, mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, yep, never mind. There you go. Done. You just knew it. You just And here's how I remember. I remember because it was the, the Super Bowl was here. It was the it was the helmet catch Super Bowl. And I was down at Media Row doing the 620 Sports Line, the nighttime show. And the news broke like right before we went on the air that the Lakers traded Pau Gasol. And I remember thinking that's it. It's done. They just won the NBA championship. They're, they're, it's over. There they, are people I feel that way about the Suns. And, right I, I, and I think so too. I think mm-hmm. there are people who like the Suns just got Kevin Durant. It's over. It's done. They're going to win the championship as long as they stay healthy. I, I it, like To me, that was the night seven seconds or less died. It didn't have anything to do with the Suns. It was the minute the Lakers got Pal Gasol. It was dead. It was done. It was over. They're the best team in the West. They just replaced you. It just happened. Just but think about Pal Gasol. Wasn't that before the Suns got Shaq? About six days before. And then the Suns reacted to mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. got Shaq. Yep. And it just wasn't, you know, it was over. It was done. Uh, the Suns weren't on national TV last night, but there was a lot of conversation about the Suns last night on TNT because of the Durant thing. The Celtics game was on TNT and the Clippers and the Warriors were on TNT last night. This is Jamal Crawford, former son, who said the best defense the Suns will see this year is health. Health is going to be the best defense they see this year. If they can all stay healthy, I think they're the favorite to win the championship. You're adding three guys together who know what it takes. Kevin Durant, guys who've been there, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. But this is a golden opportunity, and they're going to make up time off their their love for the game. Their love for the game will get them through the hard times. Those are three basketball heads. The times they need to adjust, those three hoop heads will work it out, whatever, whatever comes up. I don't disagree with anything he said. Nope. Shaq, I don't disagree with this either. Um... Talked about Aiton and how the big three of Paul Book and KD need to keep DA involved. When Aiton is not involved in the game, he's ineffective. I think it's going to be their job to keep him involved in the game. He has to realize that, listen, we're playing with three guys that can really shoot and probably not going to be looking to pass, but you got to get offensive rebounds, you got to run, you got to block, and they got to give them drop off. They got to keep them involved. Just give them two or three touches a quarter. If you keep them fed and keep them involved, they have a great chance. You know, even when teams go small. If he's involved, if, if he's active, I'm keeping him in the game because he can protect, you know, protect him, you know, protect the rim. I don't disagree with that no, either. I, well, that was correct, yeah. I think that's totally. right on the money. Yeah, you can't, you know, keep him engaged. Get him a couple touches a game. And he's got to get his baskets off. As good as, we could talk all we want about how great the mid-range game is for for the Suns because they're, they're, probably gonna be, they're probably the best mid-range shooting team in the NBA by a landslide. But you don't make 90% of your shots. There's going to be missed shots and you're going to have the ability to tip them in and follow with dunks and offensive rebounds and things like that, but you still want to make sure that you feed him a couple times. Candace Parker was also on the set, and she talked about the Suns' defense. Obviously, what they gave up in the trade. Anybody would do it to get KD, but I think defensively, you know, Cam Johnson, you look at Mikael Bridges, defensively on the other side of the ball, um, can they stay healthy enough to be in tip-top shape to be able to play offensively 
as well as lock down defensively because, I mean, it's not going to be easy coming out of the West, especially with teams that have been gelling. You watched a great Clippers team tonight, but also Denver, the way they move the basketball. Like and Shaq Golden said, State. When and Golden healthy. State, yeah, and Golden State. So I think, you know, obviously and offensively. Memphis, you know? And Memphis. <laughs> do we, who do we worry about in the West? I mean, realistically, who, who, okay, you just, we just answered the poll question and we basically said nobody, right? Like we're, we think the Suns are the best team in the West. But, <laughs> but who would we look at and say there's concern there? Is it, is normally, it? normally you would, you would give it to the Nuggets just because of how well they've played all year. They've had a great year. But you have to look at a team, you, you have to look at, and I know Golden State's having a lot of issues and Draymond's talking about that, but they've got that championship pedigree with those guys. I still think that the Clippers could be dangerous if Kawhi and Paul George are on. Me too. And I think that the Lakers could be a tough out if Anthony Davis and LeBron James are healthy and on. So I, I mean, I just, I don't think that, I don't think that those teams could beat the Phoenix Suns four times. I think they can win a couple of games against them and make it a hard-fought series. Do I think the Kawhi and Paul George could beat Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton four times? No. So I, I don't think that Den- I don't think that any team in the West can beat them four times. But I do think if you're saying can somebody like I'm not expecting the Suns to go through the Western Conference playoffs and be 12 and 0. You know, some of those great teams, some of the greatest teams in history, they waxed the competition. They went they went eleven and one, ten and two, twelve and zero in playoff games. The Suns go twelve and four when they went to the finals. They lost two games to the to Lakers, the Clippers, and two games to the Lakers. Right, right? two to the Lakers. They, they went down two one. Okay, swept the Nuggets. Yeah. Okay, I was just trying to remember twelve. And so four. I don't think that anybody. But if you're saying like the Clippers still have two of the best players in the world, so do the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They just don't have three. Yeah, you know who, what team I think is very absent from this conversation? Memphis. I don't. I don't think Memphis is. I, I, to I me, think, I I do not include them in the conversation. Nah. I, I I think I'd be more inclined to put a healthy New Orleans in there ahead of Memphis. What's a healthy New Orleans? I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is a healthy New Orleans? <laughs> Apparently, nobody ever goes to New Orleans to get healthy. And anybody who's been on the French Quarter knows. The only that. thing healthy there is a healthy bowl of jambalaya. <laughs> exactly. What is healthy? What's a healthy New Orleans? <laughs> a, healthy, a healthy cocktail down at the French Quarter. That team thing. hasn't been healthy in ten years, no, man. They're, they're always injured. Yeah. Always. No, they haven't at all. Innings Festival is back. This is a great lineup. Green Day, Weezer, Eddie Vedder, The Offspring. They all return to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Please head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Is the Pac-12 going to find some money in their new media rights deal? Or perhaps more importantly, does the Pac-12 need to worry again about losing teams? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. And now for something completely different. And I mean that because we've been, as we should be. Yeah, throw that curveball. Very, very heavy. Suns, yeah. Cardinals, Suns, Cardinals, Gannon, KD, Kings, new coach, et cetera, et cetera, right? I mean, that's that's it's what's driving a lot of our conversation. Um, but now it's time to throw a curveball a little bit and talk about something that's kind of we haven't gotten into quite a bit. And that is another fresh round of rumors that the Pac-12 might be in trouble. 
uh, the to the point where it kind of got lost in the shuffle because it was the day after the Super Bowl. But the conference itself actually released a statement preaching unity. Swearing that no, we're all on the same page. Everything's good. We're fine. We're all rolling in the same direction. We all still believe in each other, and we believe this thing is going to work. Um, the reason why that statement was necessary in this kind of uncertain time for the Pac-12 that they're going through right now, there are reports that George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, is not getting the kind of offers he thought he was going to get. Nowhere close. For the media rights for the Pac-12. And right. that he might have over-promised to the Pac-12 members what he was going to get with the media rights deal. $40 million, right? And some of them might be getting antsy about it. Yeah, because yeah, the, the Big 12 undercut him. The Big 12 went in and got a deal that, you know, that, you know, I think the Big 12's deal was like $32 million or something like that. And the pac was like, we're going to get $40 million. And like, yeah, no, you're not, because the Big 12's not even, you know, so the Big 12 came in. They really screwed the Pac-12. By doing their deal early, they really, you know, created a market to where the Pac-12 can't justify getting eight, nine, ten million dollars more than the Big Twelve can. No UCLA and no USC. There's you know there there's a market for what the Pac twelve is selling, but not to the extent financially of what they think it's gonna be. Yeah, and so you're right. It was like forty million dollars per school, something even north of forty million dollars per school. And and, and again I'll, I'll read the statement to you. This is what came out on Monday or Tuesday. Quote the ten Pac twelve universities look forward to consummating successful media rights deals in the very near future based upon positive conversations with multiple potential media rights partners over the past weeks we remain highly confident in our future growth and success as a conference and united in our commitment to one another that sounds like a pr Close person quote. just oh, wrote that totally i mean of course it is of course it is the question is and you know once again quoting one of my top 10 movies of all time what are you prepared to do about it what are you prepared to do? All right, you're the Pac-12, and you're oh man, Klyovkov's not getting us the money. What are you going to do about it? Add San Diego State, add San Diego State, SMU, go from ten to twelve. See yes. if having a footprint back in the LA area or the Southern California area, San Diego, LA, whatever, and getting you know kind of a footprint in Texas maybe ups your visibility and things like that. But I want to read to you. This is Stuart Mandel, who okay. I consider to be one of the best college football insiders out there. I think. He's really, really good at what he does. He was doing a mailbag today, and the question that he was asked from a guy in Salt Lake City, do you believe the Pac-12 is in trouble by allowing the Big 12 to sign their media rights deal first? And here's what he answered. If you're asking what I think you're asking, are a bunch of Pac-12 schools about to defect to the Big 12? I've heard nothing to suggest that's happening. According to many sources at many different Pac-12 schools, Arizona, ASU, Utah, and Colorado still believe they're better off in the Pac-12, so long as the math makes sense. And while Klyovkov's deal might wind up a disappointment based off of his initial inflated expectation, one AD told me it's still likely to be north of the thirty-one point six million, the Big Twelve yeah, is getting barely, barely north, of it, like north. maybe thirty-two million or something like that. Listen, there's a lot of reports out there. You know, the Marchand and the RN Sports Media podcast with Andrew Marchand. Mm-hmm. You know, he went on to say, "My understanding with Amazon, because the, the Pac-12 could be looking at like Amazon or Apple, but here's what, yeah, right. So here's the problem. He says, "My understanding with Amazon is that they don't want tonnage. So could they go for the Pac-12? I think they could, but I think that there's a better chance they may." save up for the NBA or NASCAR, I don't think that they're going to go crazy. 
I'm 99% sure, 99.9% sure, if the Pac-12 ends up on Amazon, it's going to be just a, at a comparable price that you get from a network, nothing crazy, where they outbid everyone. And then he also said about Apple, he said Apple's a wild card, but the problem with Apple is you're still on a streaming service and it's not well known. So I don't know if that works. So the problem is like, you may want to go for money, but you're going to put your product on a, uh, somewhere where not a lot of eyes are going to see it. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to, so you're not going to get the money that you spoke. I don't know where the Pac-12 goes from here. I still think that the second one of these other conferences makes an offer, especially to Oregon and Washington, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. Now, the corner schools, the Arizona, Arizona State, was it Colorado? And Utah, the four corner schools, like, Like, maybe they go, like, can you justify staying Without listen, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. The Big Twelve didn't fall apart. No, but the Big Twelve is a good basketball conference. Once UCLA's gone, like Arizona is a blue blood to me. It's a great basketball program, one of the best in the country. But once UCLA's out of it, who's their main rival? Like who's Arizona's rival? Once UCLA's gone, none. I mean, they don't have one. They don't have one. Oregon. I mean, really, that, that's about... That's you about, bring San Diego State in, they're okay. They're okay, like, yeah. And actually, Mandel wrote about that, too. He said part of what, what added to the Big 12's value with their new media rights deal was because they've got great basketball. Kansas, Baylor, recent national champions, recent Final Four teams in Texas Tech and Houston. He said Pac-12 men's basketball, Arizona, it's real. It's only real brand after UCLA leaves. There's not a lot of value in Pac-12 men's basketball. But, but to your point about Oregon and Washington, I wanted something else Mandel said, and I hadn't thought of this, but I think he's right on the money with this. Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner who left to become the president of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, he was big on the expansion, he right? He was the one that was kind of driving the Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal kind of push. And Mandel suggests that there's really nobody left in the Big Ten who has much of an appetite to grow any bigger than they already are. Like, we're good. The size is fine. We're right where we need to be. And now that Warren is gone, the push to take Oregon and Washington away might also be gone. And if that's the case, then the Pac-12 just that by default might stay together because there's not a lot of interest in the rest of their products. You could say that, but the second somebody brings, if somebody can pay you $10 million more, you leave. Hey, I can get $32 million in the Pac-12 or I can get $42 million somewhere else. Brett McMurphy tweeted this out today. CBS and Turner are currently no longer involved in Pac-12's media right negotiations. And that's big because it was reported that CBS was in the mix as what you know to be one of the major networks that they could get a deal done with, but now CBS and Turner pulled out. So there's a lot of reports that the Pac-12 appears to be in major trouble yeah. because they're just having a hard time finding somebody who wants to pay them any decent amount of money. Wonder where they end up. I wonder what the future looks like. I do. And of course, what changes now is regardless of whether the media rights where they end up. I mean, with the expansion of the college football playoffs, Pac-12's in. Right, like we used to worry about, how's the Pac-12 going to get in? How are they get? They're in. They're guaranteed a spot. Champion will always get into the expanded playoffs. It, it might make for not a very competitive conference. They're not going to win any national championships because they're not where the money's at. But at least you know they're always going to get a spot to compete for a national championship when the expanded playoffs kick in. They're guaranteed a position yeah. at this point. I think there's a lot of damage control with the Pac-12 right now, just with releasing these statements. You know, it's chaos right now. It just is. And they just don't have a deal. And apparently they're off by about $100 million a year on what they want and what they could possibly get. (laughs) That's a big number to be off by. When we come back on the Birds and Gambo show, maybe, just maybe, 
the Arizona Cardinals did get the right Philadelphia coordinator. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.